Conversations with today's newsmakers from Michiana's Morning News. MNC News Time, 840. This part of the program powered by R&B Car Company with a huge inventory of quality pre-owned vehicles, cars, crossovers, trucks, SUVs, or minivans. Shop today at rbcarcompany.com. Joining us now live on the news line is 2nd District Representative Jackie Walerski. The $3 trillion bailout that passed the House Friday has no future in the Senate. It came with the hero's title attached, so it sounded like a good thing. But what was it that made the bill so partisan? Well, it was a Pelosi wish list. And, you know, the thing that is so unbelievably frustrating about this is, you know, she obviously elections have consequences. She's the Speaker of the House. This was her opportunity to put a wish list out there to her base in this country to signal to them for the next five, six months before the election exactly the kinds of things that she wanted them to hear. You know, the things, uh, I mean, some of the things that were in that bill were absolutely reprehensible. And I'll tell you that it was a one-size-fits-all mandate so that it would ensure that companies like in our area wouldn't have the ability to rehire, recover, rebuild. It was sending money directly to illegal immigrants to receive direct payments by taking Social Security mandatory verification off of their I mean, that's not the kind of stuff that Americans are looking for right now. They were going to run unemployment insurance into 2021. If you tell any employer in our district right now that they're going to have to compete with that Social Security unemployment, with the unemployment right now, they would tell you that that's the last thing they need. They want to rehire. They want people to have their jobs back. They want to move on. They want to rebuild the economy. This did none of that. And so I drove 20 hours round trip to get there to vote no. My husband and I literally left Friday morning at 5, and then we left D.C. Saturday morning at 5. And about 9.30 at night, I voted no on that bill. And by 10 o'clock that night, after those Democrats passed that bill, that bill was dead because the Republican Senate was not going to entertain absolute fallacy of what it was. So it's just amazing how this process works. But I'm very, very grateful to at least have been able to go and cast my vote no. And I'll tell you what, you know, the other thing that's going on, you guys, is that, you know, they've created, the Democrats and the Speaker have created a bipartisan committee in numbers called the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis, but it's totally being run online. It's virtual. And I I can tell you as a lawmaker how dangerous that precedent is. We had our first meeting last week, and we have another meeting tomorrow, our second one. Mm -hmm. And you literally, if you can't be there physically to be in the debate as a minority, you are trapped in a digital box, and they control the audio and they control the video, and you literally just don't have minority representation at all. You are literally turned off, turned on. And so when when they talked about that proxy vote, they also took on Friday night, and I voted no, is because we can't do that. You cannot take physical discussion away, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, you know, debate. You just can't take that. It's too precious. It's, you know, it's what our country was built on. And, you know, while I believed, I really did, I, I do believe at some point we need to have a bipartisan talk about, you know, proxy voting and those kinds of things, but we're not there, yes. and there's just not enough trust so in to, the, to basically be there. In the meantime, when you talk about driving 20 hours to and from D.C. from home, you're not complaining. I mean, that's just the way it's got to be as far as you're no. concerned. Oh, I mean, my husband and I, we were going to, you know, there was no guarantee on flights right now. The only flight that was possible was out of O'Hare. It was United, yeah. and we uh, held it, put it on hold, and then they, we got an email from them saying, we could bump you at any moment, and you won't know till you get here. Mm. Well, that doesn't work when the vote is on certain days, certain time. Mm-hmm. So I, I will tell you this. This subcommittee that um, I was appointed to should get to the bottom of what's going on with China. 
and and part of what this committee does should be putting all this political rhetoric aside and literally honing in on honing, uh, holding China accountable. That's what the American people want. That's what we all deserve. That's where this cra- this is where Corona came from. So we ought to be doing that. Instead, they've set this little committee up as impeachment too. They are just running. They're just running hearings with people sitting there one after the other that are trying to hold Trump accountable for this and make this their next impeachment for the next six months taking even more money and more airspace and more energy out of the country, paying no attention to what's going on with coronavirus. So there is interesting days ahead here with this new subcommittee, and I'm taking every opportunity I can in my little digital box of three minutes to make sure the American people know that this is a scheme. It's just another one of their schemes, and they have one intention right now. It's not getting the American people back to work. It's removing this president again. Well, speaking of the president, Jackie, I was going to ask, he's getting attacked from Democrats for every single movie makes and managing the crisis right now. How do you think he's handling the health crisis? You know what? I'm glad he was president of the United States to walk this country through this. We needed a strong, decisive, courageous, fearless leader. That's exactly what we've had, and he's proved it time and time again. We didn't need a leader that was going to sit in and be wishy-washy or not have the, the audacity in January to hold those Chinese planes back when everybody came against them. But I'm telling you, you know, we wouldn't even be opening today and having these conversations as this president not been as bold as he has, doing things months before people even knew what was going on. And I'll tell you, this is they're, they're engaging right now. I mean, I'm, I'm telling your listeners, they're engaging right now for another six-month fight with him as uh, president of the United States. Just we're going right back to impeachment, too. This is exactly where we're heading. Jackie, we haven't spoken since the state of Indiana announced the back-on-track plan to reopen the Hoosier economy. Now, in less than a week, we may enter Phase 3, allowing for things like campgrounds and playgrounds and pools to open and getting more customers inside uh, retail stores and malls and gyms and fitness centers to open. Critics point out that cases are still rising, though. Is Indiana on the right path? I do believe so, John. You know, I, um, I applaud the governor. I applaud all of our local elected officials and then the governor as well and how these folks have all worked um, literally seamlessly making good decisions, I think. I mean, it's a, it, it was a slow model how to open, you know, trust and verify, you know, take a step and then verify that step with facts and data. And that's exactly what we're doing. We've got phenomenal elected officials that are right there at the same time. And I think that, you know, obviously you guys know, I mean, you're out and about. Um, you know, I'm out and about a lot during the week and weekends. And, you know, I mean, I think um, that I think that we're looking at like a rocket return in our local economy. I mean, manufacturing is back up. It's moving. Sales are up around the country. I mean, we really, I think, end up being a story for the nation to see of how Indiana did this. But the credit, you know, all the credit, you guys, goes to individual Hoosiers who hunkered down when the governor asked, we're the ones individually that played a part in making sure that we brought that flat, that we flatlined that curve and that we brought that curve down. We're the ones because we're common sense people. We understand what it means to have a great economy and to have health, healthy work environments, saving the health of our neighbor. We get it. We got it. And I think we're moving in a great direction. And switching topics here really quickly. It's hard to believe, but Memorial Day is actually right around the corner and work regarding the veterans issues has taken, of course, a bit of a backseat in the news headlines due to obviously the health crisis. What's your message for veterans and families of service members in the second district? 
Well, I, I do think so. I've been a big critic of the VA. I'm always there as an overseer, and I fight for veterans every single day. They are the priority of our office. And I would tell you that um, I think the VA has done a really good job in protecting veterans, especially um you know, senior veterans and the comorbidity issues and, and some of the diseases that they face. I think the VA has done a really good job in really helping them stay healthy, keeping them out of the traffic, keeping them out of even the big facilities. And in our office, I can tell you that, you know, when a veteran calls, and we, we really, we have had some calls during this COVID issue, but the, the local VA has been extremely responsive literally dealing with uh, veterans individually, and, and our office is still open. You know, the, at the end of the day, when we look at the calls that we get per year, now this is minus COVID, we get more veterans that need help, and that's what we do. That's what we focus on. But I, I will tell you, in this COVID period, I think the VA has handled uh, services to veterans unbelievably well, especially through telehealth. All right, Jackie, we don't run this program like a, a crisis select committee, so is there anything else you want our audience to hear you say before we turn off your microphone? Just, oh, my gosh. Yeah, before, before you zap me, yeah. before you zap me, I just want to say, you know what, I just want to thank your listeners and, and just uh, kind of like just give them a hint of what's coming in the future. You know, we just need to double down. We need to double down for what this country means to us. And when it comes to speaking up and, and supporting people that, you know, that, that we support. We need to do that. This is a pivotal time for this country. You know, everything um, really pre-COVID is, go- you know, is gone. And now as we're coming out of COVID, we're going to be looking at new ways to do things, new ways to practice things, new ways to emerge. And we can do that. But I really do think that we just owe a lot of gratitude to every individual Hoosier who has done what we want to do as the state of Indiana, you know, We've kept our businesses open. Many businesses stayed open. We're, we're starting to open up the rest of that line. I just think people for Memorial Day should stop. You know what? Thank God for this country. Number two, thank God for the veterans and, and their families. And let's not forget that what Veterans Day is about is the people that bled and died for the freedoms that we have today. And we need to continue those freedoms, and we need to continue to hold our veterans and military today in the highest regard. Again, that was 2nd District Representative Jackie Walorski. Thanks so much, Jackie, for coming on today. We hope you have a great Memorial Day. You too. And you can follow Jackie's work on combating coronavirus at walorski.house.gov. Michiana's Morning News, weekdays from 5 to 9 on 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.